Voice of the Cape Drive Time, welcome back to the show. 0829-913-913 is the WhatsApp line. Whilst Israel demolishes West Bank homes and uh, carries on strangling Gaza, Arab Israelis who live in what's called the 1948 territories have been facing challenges of their own, uh, a very forgotten part of the Palestinian landscape. Online is Mu'ad Khatib, who is a Palestinian activist, uh, to tell us exactly what's happening to Arab Israelis, as I say, in what's known as 1948 territories. Mu'ad Khatib, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the show. Wa alaikum assalam. Thanks for having me. Right. Uh, I would say Arab Israelis, the forgotten Palestinians in many senses. Um, people say that, uh, that they are privileged because they carry an Israeli passport. But I'm sure you'll agree that doesn't mean much because Arab Israelis are always discriminated against. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, we are citizens on paper only. Uh, but if you... Uh, investigate every aspect of our lives, you will realize uh, without a lot of really effort that there's a lot of discrimination, uh, that the policies of occupation are still undergoing, uh, albeit uh, maybe not as clear as it was in the 48. So now they are practicing ethnic cleansing, but not, you know, uh, uh, that is not totally visible, but in, 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 hidden, in hidden means and, and methodologies. So, for example, one way which is now becoming uh, of, uh, of a serious concern uh, is the matter of violence in the Arab community. Uh, there's an increasing, um, serious increase in the rates of violence and violent crimes in the community. Uh, about 50% of crimes committed in whole uh, uh, Israel um, uh, is, 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 uh, takes place in the Arab community, although we constitute about 20% of the total population. Now, that obviously has its reasons, and mainly the, the authorities' uh, policies uh, in, in not only uh, not preventing crime, but actually promoting and encouraging it. And I'll just you know, give you uh, three simple facts to, 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 to explain how that happens. So uh, there are a lot of illegal weapons and arms that are being circulated in the community. The source of these are the military bases of the Israeli, of the Israeli uh, uh, army. So it's extremely, extremely difficult for um, a weapon, say a pistol or a rifle, uh, to reach uh, uh, someone. And if that happens, like it would, it would immediately be found by the authorities. So if, for example, one an, an arm or a pistol was used by a Palestinian to commit uh, uh, to, to to shoot against Israeli targets, they would find him in the same hour. Okay thanks to the very advanced technology in uh, an investigation. But when such arms are being used uh, in the Arab community uh, by Arab citizens to target and kill each other, especially, you know, uh, uh, between gangs in, in gang wars, then they are tolerated, uh, they are allowed to be used, and they are even given. So these are smuggled, uh, smuggled out of Israeli military bases, and uh, the country, know, the authorities, the Israeli authorities know about, know about this. And still they turn a blind eye uh, to them. As long as they are being used to kill Arabs, 
then they are okay. Once a certain weapon is used to kill, to target, and not, not only to kill an Israeli, then uh, it is immediately found. So from the one hand, they uh, allow the uh, uh, circulation of illegal weapons. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they know, of course, about the, acti- the criminal activities of gangs and etc. and narcotics dealers, and they are doing nothing to stop it. In fact, a lot of testimonies show that uh, there is a kind of a cooperation between the authorities and the narcotics and weapon dealers, in that uh, the authorities and the police especially allow such dealers to, to, to continue their activities while uh, providing services uh, to the to the authorities, services about uh, who is active on the national level. See, so um, uh, uh, furthermore, any all, and all the crimes are not even being investigated. So when the victim is an Arab in the Arab community, the, the authorities do absolutely nothing. In fact, when thirteen of of the uh, Arab Israelis were killed in the uh, in the two thousand uh, intifada by Israeli police. Not even one of those police officers who uh, killed in cold blood those Palestinians was investigated or interrogated. So uh, uh, they, they would obviously, uh, you know, uh, treat us the same way when uh, the, not only the victims are Arabs, but also the, the murderers are Arabs. So what I'm trying to say here is they allow the, the, uh, allow the, uh, the weapons to be smuggled into the community from the Israeli bases. Uh, they um, uh, tolerate and even uh, encourage and turn a blind eye to the activity, criminal activities, and they even cooperate with such uh, criminals. So that is why they, there's an increase, a significant increase in violence. If you compare it to the violence in the Israeli community, the, the difference is, is, is huge. So uh, because of this, uh, there has been a lot of protests and demonstrations taking place in central, central towns and, and cities in the Arab community in Israel. And uh, it, it, what's going on now is really unprecedented in that those Palestinians, those Arabs, who go to the street, take the, to the streets to protest against the uh, police's um, uh, uh, um, uh, policy of, of completely ignoring the violence in our community, then they are met with the same and even worse violence by the, by the police themselves. A lot of footage has emerged from Umm al-Fahim, for example, that, um, that witnessed uh, a very violent protest uh, uh, last week. Not the, not the protesters were violent, but actually they stood very peacefully. They didn't even carry, carry signs or, or anything. And all of a sudden, they were attacked brutally by the police. Even they, they brought, you know, uh, police dogs, police horses, and, you know, water cannons and tear gas and rubber-covered bullets and and they just, you know, uh, attacked and assaulted the, the protesters uh, in a very brutal and unprecedented way. So now we are not only protesting the, uh, the lack of action on the on the police's part to 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 stop the violence, but actually we are now protesting the violence itself by the police uh, who uh, are, don't even want people to protest. See, so we are being we are, uh, there's a lot of violence, and if we protest. Because of the uh, because of, of, of the authorities' uh, lack of action, then they are, we are met with even more violence. So uh, this is this is how the situation is is, is going right now. It's funny, Ma. That reminds me of um, what the um, apartheid authorities 
used to do to poorer communities in Cape Town during apartheid. They used to use exactly the same model by giving, by giving gangsters guns, um, allowing them to carry on because um, the gang activity kept the community occupied with uh, defending itself against crime and not worrying about the political questions. Wow. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening right now. Actually, that's what, you know, uh, our politicians and activists are saying. Exactly. Uh, And by the way, there's another plan by, I, I think... Uh, I don't remember the name uh, that that also happened under the British mandate of Palestine. The exact same thing. They would provide weapons to some of the people uh, who are criminals by nature and encourage them. And then the, the, the society would be busy with, the, you know, uh, their own wounds instead of uh, uh, seeking uh, their rights and freedoms and demanding political rights. So exactly, that's the same thing. It's not surprising both of them are apartheid regimes after all, isn't it? Yeah, the Haganah, the, the Stern and the Urgun gangs were given arms by the British. And uh, when, yeah. they, when they invaded Palestinian villages, the Palestinians had their guns taken away from them. They weren't allowed to have arms. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, totally. Exactly. Exactly. Now, looking at the situation that you are in, in at, at the moment, um, it sounds like there's been a complete deterioration of um, the life for, for Arab Israelis, um, it just gets worse and worse, doesn't it? Um, you know, judging, it does. by, you know, judging by what you're saying. Um, it certainly does. I mean, some of the, you know, the activists say that we have no option but to seek uh, international protection from the international community. Because indeed, the, the police are not doing anything. And they are the ones who are actually targeting us right now. Mm. And of course, I mean, so, yeah. And the, yeah so, so imagine, I mean, some of the video clips, I, uh, if you didn't see them, I will send them. Like showing the women who are just standing still and doing absolutely nothing. And then they are being beaten and assaulted and attacked in, in, in a really like barbaric way. Even old, old, and one old woman, like, and this is happening in front of the cameras. They don't, they, they, they don't even, uh, they are not even feeling any shame about it. Like, uh, they are getting the full support of the government and they're caring about absolutely nothing. Yeah, this is really um, very tragic. I mean, it, it goes beyond being uh, sad. Uh, but I think the big question, has there been any response from the international community, which right now um, doesn't seem to want to have anything to do or understand what is happening in Palestine? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, what's happening to us um, is is much, uh, I mean, is much uh, easy. I wouldn't say easy, but it's much easier than what Palestinians in the occupied bank and in West Gaza are experiencing. But w- what's unique here about us is that we are uh, 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 we, we are supposedly uh, Israeli citizens, so we we should receive the full rights, okay? But uh, in fact, that's that's the the fact is uh, that is far 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 from the truth. Uh, there's like you said, discrimination in all aspects of of. of of our lives. I mean, the only place where there is no uh, discrimination is in the Knesset. So they allow some of us to be to be represented in the Knesset, but actually, in fact, that too uh, is only to serve the purpose of whitewashing the, the Israeli government. And uh, Arabs cannot get 
you know, cannot achieve any even insignificant achievement by the Knesset because uh, any uh, any bill or any uh, law that is proposed by the Arab, uh, you know, the Arab uh, political blocks in the Knesset is is immediately blocked, uh, blocked and uh, uh, hindered if it serves the, the interests of the Arab community. So uh, even that margin of democracy that we are enjoying, we are only enjoying it because it benefits uh, the Israeli. Uh, government and 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 israel as a, as a whole and not because we are really seeking anything from it now when we 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 try and and understand the situation are you getting help or um from from anywhere in the world or interest from anywhere in the world in terms of what's happening to you because as i said when i started the interview um uh, Arab Israelis are probably one of the most forgotten groups of people, and yet there's two million of you inside Israel. Yeah. You are a, you are a significant percentage of the population in 1948 Israel. Yes, true. That's true. And unfortunately, no. Like that is why I I started like because I saw I noticed that there is not any coverage of what's happening uh, here inside Israel, the experiences of, of, of Arab Palestinians who are citizens of Israel. Uh, so when I noticed that, you know, uh, nothing is being reported, that's why, that's when I uh, started to contact some of uh, uh, my acquaintances who, uh, who work with the media, and that's how you reached me. So unfortunately, there is not really, you know, coverage, and, and that is sad, because uh, what's happening is that, like I said, it's ethnically cleansing. Like, I, I only mentioned violence, but there are a lot, a lot of, of challenges that we are facing. For example, uh, you can't, you, you can hardly build a house on your own uh, piece of land that you own, okay? They, they rarely give you permit, permit. And if you dare and build without permit, because you can't have it, because they are not allowing you to get it, and then you are forced to destroy and demolish your own house with your own hands. And if you don't, then they bring their bulldozers and they destroy your house and they force you to pay the cost of those bulldozers, which reach like 300,000 shekels, which is about uh, uh, 100,000 American dollars. So... People are now uh, live in a lot of stress, psychological stress, uh, economic stress. And that's why a lot of people are now immigrating to other countries, which is exactly the purpose of such, uh, uh, you know, uh, oppression and, uh, 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 you know, regression against Palestinians in Israel. I'm talking about Israel only. So that's exactly what they want. They want people to start leaving uh, uh, the country so that, you know, Jews from Canada or from other parts of the world come and occupy their place. And That's course, why I yeah. said from the beginning, this is just a modern a form of ethnic cleansing. But here is, is an irony. Um, more and more research amongst um, Jewish communities in the United States and in Europe is revealing that the younger generations are becoming less and less interested in Palestine and less and less interested in, in uh, performing the alia, which is the migration to Israel. Yeah. The whole Zionist yeah, well, project is, is collapsing. 
Yeah, well, from certain countries, that's correct, but not all countries. Like, just, you know, a week ago, uh, a great number of immigrants came from Ethiopia and from another country. Uh, so it depends on the country, really. Uh, in some uh, countries, uh, the rate of migration is indeed smaller compared to the past, but not in all countries. Like uh, the Soviet bloc, for example, a lot of immigrants come from the Soviet bloc, and some of them are not even Jews, but they claim to be Jews so that, you know, they can come uh, to, to the country and because, you know, the, 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 the situation is relatively better than the situation in their countries. So, you know, it's, yeah, it, it is probably uh, less than in the past, but it's still ongoing. Yeah, I mean, this immigration thing is very sad. I can remember many years ago talking to a Russian soldier at, um, uh, at the areas uh, crossing into Gaza. Um, mm. We discovered, yes, you're right, he wasn't actually Jewish. And he actually mm. told us that he, d- he didn't like the country, um, yeah. but he was stuck. So it, it goes yes. to show the irony. And of course, I can't understand why Ethiopians, who are black Africans, would want to come to, to Israel because they're just going to be discriminated against and treated like. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, they, don't, they don't expect that. Uh, and still, maybe for them, you know, discrimination is probably better than the, you know, the conditions they live in in Ethiopia. So uh, for, for, bad, for, for good or worse, it still would be better for them compared to Ethiopia. Moaz Khatib, unfortunately we have to leave it there. Palestinian activists talking to us about the plight of Arab Israelis in the 1948 territories. It's a serious problem wherever you go in that part of the world. Moaz, shukran, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much for covering this. Drive time 91.3. Always on the cutting edge.